Amen. That was tremendous. What a wonderful, wonderful song. Thank you so much for that. This or that. Pastor Pittman, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here in Temple Baptist Church. Sure have enjoyed uh, our time here. Thank you so much for the accommodations and for the food and the fellowship and everything else. Enjoy it. And when I go out and get an opportunity to see another ministry, be in another church, it just encourages me as I go back home. And I'm so thankful uh, for the invitation and for the opportunity uh, to be here in the Missions Emphasis Sunday. There is no greater work on this planet than the work of missions. It's God's work. Nothing greater than giving the gospel out uh, to a lost and dying world. Uh, I was mentioning this to, to Pastor earlier today when we were uh, driving back to the hotel. But if you would just think about missions, those that have given to missions through the years and are giving to missions. Now, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying do this, okay? But if you were to stop giving to missions right now, if you never gave another dime to missions, what you already gave is still going to give you a return. You say, what do you mean? The people that have been saved. I'm no longer in Mexico. I mentioned about Omar this morning. Omar got saved through our ministry. Omar is in South Korea as a missionary. Now, if someone stops giving, Omar's still going to be saved. The people that Omar won to Christ, they're still going to be saved. You, you see what I'm saying? This is a great investment, the investment in worldwide missions. And having a missions emphasis Sunday is just uh, that time of the year where it encourages us to continue giving to the greatest work on this earth. And it shows that we're thankful for what God's done for us as well. Now, I'm going to do something a little different tonight. If you go to Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, uh, my wife and I, uh, we got to the field many years ago. We were uh, missionaries for 26 years. Uh, all of our children were born on the mission field. And uh, so uh, missions is still my heart. I do not like to call myself a former missionary. It's just one of those things. Uh, but a former missionary, but I want to share a little bit about a, a missionary's heart with you uh, this evening in Galatians chapter one, uh, Galatians chapter one. And if you'll look down, uh, let's go ahead and start in verse 20, Galatians 1:20. The word of God says this Galatians 1:20. Now, the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not afterwards. I came into the regions of uh, Syria and Cilicia. And was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, we, we do love you. and Thank you so much for a wonderful day in your house. Thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Father, thank you for their graciousness and their kindness, wonderful host. And, and Father, I thank you for what you're doing here in this place and through this place. And I, I'm thankful, Father, for all the missionaries that they support and for folks that are being saved around the world. And we know that you've gathered us together tonight, uh, Father, for the breaking of the bread of life, the word of God. And Father, I pray that you would fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would use me tonight to be a help and encouragement. And Father, that we would be strengthened in the work of missions because of what you're going to do through us this evening. We ask that in Jesus name. Amen. If you look back here real quick at verse 22, Galatians 1 the Bible says this as speaking of Paul, he says, and was unknown by face under the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. 
And so what I want to do uh, this evening is just kind of bring the, the church and the missionary together. Now, I'll put this back. I didn't steal it, okay? It's an offering envelope from your church. I grabbed it from one of the pews. But I like to say this, that missions is more than an envelope. Missions is much more than this. It's much more than filling out an envelope. There's a missionary family here this evening. These are all real people. And I thought about the name of the message or the title of the message that maybe it's missions is more than an envelope or maybe it's things that missionaries experience. But I opted for this. Uh, just another missionary on the wall. Years ago, it was very common to see in churches, and we did this in our church in Mexico, uh, in Argentina as well. We would put the missionary plaques, we called them the plaques, uh, or boards on the back of the wall in the church with the missionary prayer letter and with the picture of the missionary family. And what I'm getting at tonight is we need to make it so that the missionary is more than just another missionary on the wall. That means we need to make it personal. And to do that, we need to know the missionary or the missionaries that we support. Years ago, when Lynn and I, we started out on uh, deputation, it was just the two of us. We didn't have any kids at that time. And so when we first started out, it was difficult to get a meeting. And so we just, when we did not have a meeting, we would just go to a church and, and there, and sure enough, the pastor would come up to us afterwards and say, hey, who are you? And I'd say, well, uh, my name's Bill, this is my wife, Lynn, we're missionaries to Colombia, and more, more times than uh, not, they would invite us back. And it was easy for a pastor once they see you and they talk to you. But we had went to a church, a small church in, in Illinois. We were there in the morning and visited. And sure enough, the pastor said, hey, can you come back tonight? And he had us come back that night and he had me preach that night. That church did not take us on for support. We, had, we did not go back to that church for eight years. But we went back to that church. We, had, we sent them, we put them on our prayer list, a, a prayer letter list, and we sent them a prayer letter. And during those that eight years, they may have sent us a, just a special offering two times. But when we walked in that church, they didn't know that we were coming. When we walked into that church that morning, we didn't have a meeting. Everybody knew who we were. To walk into a church that does not support you. And we walk in there and there's our prayer letter up there on the wall. We say, hey, we've been praying for you. We're so glad that you're back here. And we're so excited about what God's been doing. And that just encouraged my heart. You see, for that church that did not even support us, we were more than just another missionary on the wall. How many remember years ago when you go to your grandparents' house, your grandma's house, and there was always that special place in the house? It may have been a hallway. It may have been a special room. But in our place uh, with my grandmother, it was a hallway. And you would walk down that hallway, and there was a picture of all the grandkids, of her kids and her grandkids, and this family and that family. And when grandma would take you down that hallway, she said, this is my niece. This is my nephew. This is my grandson. He plays baseball. And I mean... Are you with me tonight? I mean, she could tell you everything about everybody in those pictures there. Why? Because she loved them. It was personal to her. She was very interested in them. And for us to get that interested in missionaries, we've got to know. Them. Let me just say this real quick tonight. I'll mention it again. But missionaries are weird people. We are. I'll, I'll explain that here in a minute. But we need to get to know 
the missionaries. Here it says that Paul was unknown by face. And I'd like to challenge you tonight to get to know your missionaries. Get to know the, their, their names, the wives' names, their, the kids' names. And just for a few moments tonight, I'm going to take you with me, let's just say, back to Argentina when we lived in Argentina. My house in Argentina and some different things that mere missionaries experience. Now, what is a missionary? I do not know who wrote this, but it's a pretty interesting. Somewhere between saintliness and foolishness, we find a curious creature called a missionary. Missionaries come in assorted sizes, weights, and colors, but all are sent by the one Lord who commanded his people to evangelize. Missionaries are found everywhere, going to, lifting up, launching out, Coming from, staying with, bringing around, bearing with, and standing for. Christians love them. Governments tolerate them. Parents pity them. Pagans ignore them, and Christ protects them. A missionary is truth with a broke jeep axle in their hand. Beauty with a sick child in their arms. Wisdom with a Bible in their pocket. And hope with Christ in their heart. A missionary has the patience of a fisherman. The audacity of a tightrope walker, the carefulness of a bookkeeper, the vision of a dreamer, the strength of a builder, the intelligence of a teacher, the wit of a humorist, the irresponsibility of a child. And when he attempts something, he is all prayer. He likes letters from home, children, preaching, mission recruits, returning from furlough, faith promise rallies, tracks, printing presses, radio stations, translators, Mission boxes, airplanes, villages, Bible studies, cities, correspondent courses, and bookstores. He is not much for high-pressure promotion, red tape, devaluation of the dollar, lukewarm faith, hypocrisy, and discrimination. Nobody else is so quick to care and so slow to give up. Nobody else gets so much fun out of crocodiles, boiled rice, elephants, pet cobras, Earthquakes, visas, monsoons, droughts, and conversations. A missionary is an unusual creature. You can send him to a far-off country, but you had better not forget him. You can get him out of your hair, but you can't get him out of your heart. He is your servant, your right hand, your dependent, a Bible-preaching, God-fearing, God-serving, self-sharing bundle of love. When you come to church with that smug feeling that you're a pretty super Christian, he can shatter it with the simple words, come over and help us. What is a missionary? So come with me for a few moments uh, uh, to Argentina. It'd be a, a long flight, and it was, and we made that flight many times. And uh, coming, go, uh, going to Argentina, think about this. The distance uh, between the missionary and his loved ones. There's so many things that, that happen uh, when your brothers or sisters, when they get married and you can't go to the wedding, when they, they have uh, children and you're not there uh, to be there for the birth of their, of their children, when uh, an aunt, uh, an uncle or someone in the family passes away and it's not that you can be there in a very short period of time and most of the time you just are not able to go back. There is the distance uh, between the missionary and his loved ones. There are also family problems. 
there are things that happen in the family. In my family, there's uh, my father uh, was not saved. He told me when I when I went into his room and I said, Dad, uh, I'm going off to Bible college. And then I told him later that I was going uh, to Columbia. He got very angry with me. He said, Bill, you're throwing your life away. It was very difficult to leave the United States of America, going overseas, knowing that my my dad was lost, that he did not understand uh, what we were doing. So there's the distance between the missionary and his loved ones. And you think about that. When we took our, our survey trip, did you guys take a survey trip? Okay. But when you take a survey trip, you know what, folks? You've got a round trip ticket. And you're excited and you're going to church after church. You said, man, we are going to, to Columbia and we're going to start to ch- start a church and we're going to win Colombians for Christ. And we're excited and we just can't wait to get there. And you know what happens? The 31st of October gets here. And you go to the St. Louis airport and you're saying goodbye to the few family members and church members that, that are there. And this was pre-9-11 and we're on the plane and my wife is sitting there on the plane and, and she's looking out the little window and her mom is there. And my wife, tears are coming down her face and my mother-in-law's crying. And I'm thinking to myself, mercy, mercy, what in the world? And you don't have a ticket to come home. You say goodbye to the family and you do not know whether you'll ever see them again. There's the leaving for the mission field. And then once you're on the mission field and it's time to leave the mission field to come back for furlough, it's tears again, but of a different kind. Because you're sad because you know for six months or a year, people that you've spent time with, that you've loved on, as you've seen them uh, come to know Christ as Savior and baptized and disciple, and, and now you know that it's going to be a while before you see them again. So there's tears once again as you leave the mission field. When we first got to uh, the mission field, we left uh, Bible college. Uh, we just gave away all of our furniture. We had a, uh, a furnished uh, apartment, all of our stuff. We just gave it away, everything that would fit. And I had an Omega, an Oldsmobile Omega. That was not by choice. My Camaro got stolen, and that's the only thing that the insurance money would cover. So here I am driving a four-door Oldsmobile Omega, and whatever could fit in that, that's what we, we, we kept. So here we eventually get to the mission field. It's just my wife and, and me, just us. And here we are. We were living with another missionary family till we could find a place. We finally found a place and we go, we buy a mattress. That's what we had in our apartment. We had a mattress on the floor. We had two boxes. One of them we kept, we didn't break it down. The other one we broke it down and that was what our table was. And so you're starting off this way. Missionaries go through this when they go to the mission field. I, I remember talking to the missionary. He said, hey, what, what should we bring? He said, barrels of money to set up home and to do all that stuff. And you've had to do it through the years. And so there's a lot uh, because of the distance uh, between the missionary and his family. And then there's the leaving for the mission field and leaving the mission field to come back home uh, to report to, to the states as well. And there's the food that you miss. Oh, my. Man. How many like food? Yeah, that's just about everybody. Amen. There's a guy who used to say, hey, we can, we can make it with just about everything. The human body can do, with about, do without about everything but food and water. 
But there's foods, there's foods that you like. When we got back for our very first furlough, my pastor, he was excited. We got to his house there and he said, hey, he said, I'm going to take you out to eat. Wherever you want to go, I'll take you out. And I disappointed him. I said, I want a Domino's pizza. (laughs) He's like, of all the places, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. And I said, I just want a Domino's pizza and a Dr. Pepper. You you miss it. Hey, how many of you know what Hebrew national hot dogs are? Oh, man, that was some fried salami and mustard. How many of you know what Count Chocula is? Oh, amen. When I was a little kid, Count Chocula, you can get it around Halloween time. <laughs> but you, I, you, well, I get that box of Count Chocula and the old butter dishes, The I believe it's not butter, a country crock, that is a cereal dish. And I, I mean, just a box, I'd kill it. And, and you come back to the States and you're walking down the cereal aisle and it's like, wow, paradise. So many things, but you, you miss the, the food uh, that, that you have here in America. And by the way, in Argentina, a steak was great and cheap. But you miss the food that you have here in America. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. There's the food. There's the distance uh, between the missionary and his loved ones. There's the leaving for the field and leaving the field to come back to America. But I want to uh, speak uh, just for a few moments about the missionary wives. Uh, we pray often for the missionary, Mr. Missionary, but we fail by not praying for the missionary's wives. It's a team. The missionary needs his wife. Think of the missionary's wife. Where, where is grandma? When Kimberly was born in Colombia, Grandma's not right there. I mean, it's the two of us trying to figure this thing out. And guess what? She didn't come with directions. And there's the times where, okay, somebody please take her. But Grandma's not there. So there's the the missionary wife, and you say, where's Walmart? Now I know the people at Walmart. I never go to Walmart. But when you don't have Walmart, you miss it. Where's Walmart? Who can help me? Who who can watch my kids? The missionary wife, she's wife, mother, Sunday school teacher, in charge of the nursery, in charge of the music, in charge of the ladies' meetings, in charge of of decorating the church. She's her kid's uh, uh, babysitter. She's her kid's school teacher, and she's the right hand of her husband. And guess what? She never gets a day off, and we don't pray for her. There's a lot of them out there. They don't complain, but it's day after day after day, and they're serving the Lord. But, folks, we need to pray for the missionary wives. And then their kids. I've, I've enjoyed being around your kids. They remind me of, of my kids. Uh, missionaries, we're just weird. We're, we're bicultural and bilingual, and we get it mixed up. Uh, I imagine at home you speak Spanglish. It's whatever comes out. It's just a mixture. Uh, and sometimes when you're talking to folks back home and you speak Spanglish to them, what would you say? 
But the, the missionary kids, the way that they, they, they speak, the way that they act, they're learning from the other kids on the mission field. And so they pick up some of those habits. And there's a lot of interesting things. In one place that we were at, they pointed with the lips. So you say, hey, hey, where, where, is, uh, where is so-and-so? So here you're back in the States and your kid's back. Hey, where's your mom? I beg your pardon? Kids, the, hey, I have, I have four kids. Uh, there's, uh, I have uh, Kimberly and then there's uh, Jessica and then there's Justin and there's Lauren. But you didn't put your hand this way. You put your hand this way. Because if you put your hand this way, you're referring to animals. So I would say, okay, I have a daughter, Kimberly. <laughs> Just kidding. But these are things you learn. But when you come back to the States, it doesn't work. But you're not thinking. It's not like we have a chip here. Okay, I got to go back into stateside mode. It doesn't happen that easy. They're, the kids. When we left uh, Argentina to come back to the States uh, for our first furlough, we did role playing in our living room. We, uh, Lauren was not born at that time. Kimberly, Jessica, and Justin. So we were there and we would show them a picture of Grandma. Because they haven't met Grandma. It, it, and this was before the FaceTime and all that. But they had, had not met Grandma. And Grandma was going to meet us at the airport. And one thing I did not want. I did not want my kids to see their grandmother and run from her. She's one of the most godly ladies that I know. And so we're saying, okay, when we get to the airport, this is grandma. Grandma's going to be there. And grandma's going to be crying. She's not sad. She's happy to get to see you. And so I would get down and I'd say, okay, so there's grandma. He said, I'm grandma. And there's grandma in the airport. And she's going to want to hug you. And so the kids would run up to me and they would hug on me. I said, that's exactly what you need to do when you see grandma in the airport. Folks, that's something that missionaries go through in their kids, their families. And by getting to know them and the things that they are going to experience and things they go through, that will help to get the missionary in your heart. They'll be more than just another face on the wall. The missionary kids. Boy, I'm so thankful that my kids got the opportunity uh, to grow up. On the mission, uh, the mission field. Now, there's uh, something I want to read to you just a, a little bit. You know you're a missionary kid when. And I read some of these to my kids and we just laughed. Uh, you know you're a missionary kid when you can't answer the question, where are you from? My kids are like, okay, do you want the long version or short version? <laughs> where are you from? Uh, you know you're a missionary kid when you speak two languages, but you can't spell either. You have a passport, but no driver's license. You think in grams, meters, and liters. You don't know where home is. You have friends from or in 29 different countries. You start talking about your friends. Oh, yeah, I've got a friend in, in Cambodia. I've got a friend in Mexico. I've got a friend in Argentina. I've got a friend in Kenya. I've got a friend in Uganda. I've got a friend in Canada. I've got a friend in Guatemala. You have friends all over. 
You sort your friends by continent. You wince when people mispronounce foreign words. Yeah. You know how to pack. Amen? Hopefully your kids know how to pack. (laughs) I'm just, oh. You frequently say, I don't know, I was out of the country. The power goes out and you continue to put your makeup on. You forget to flush the toilet. You can you cash your first paycheck and you ask what the exchange rate is. Missionary kids. And then there's the the all uh, difficult thing of learning another language. Uh, When we got to Colombia uh, to to learn Spanish, uh, we had a, a Colombian professor. She lived in New York for a while, and so she picked up English. She came over to our apartment. She sat down we, uh, there at our makeshift table. We eventually got a table, praise the Lord. And, but we're sitting there at the table, and she says, okay. She says, I am going to teach you Spanish in Spanish. Now, she's saying all this in Spanish. And I'm looking at her I'm like, you don't understand. Uh, we don't speak Spanish. And she said, no, no, I understand. And then she'd go right back to Spanish. I am going to teach you Spanish in Spanish, the language uh, for some missionaries, they never get past learning the language and they get discouraged and they leave the field. It's very difficult to learn another language in uh, uh, Psalm 81 5 verse uh, says this. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt. It says where I heard a language that I understood not. Learning another language was one of the most difficult things that I've done in my whole life. I enjoy it now, but there's so many things that go with it. When we got to Columbia, our, our, we had sent some things there. When our things finally arrived, we rented a truck to pick up our belongings. Uh, and this is very normal there in Colombia. The truck driver didn't have much gas in his truck. So as he's coming around the corner there, he ran out of gas. So the veteran missionary that knew how to speak Spanish, he was with us. He said, okay, I'm going to go get gas. And he had me stay there with the truck driver. So the truck driver, is, he's talking to me. He's wanting me to help him to, so he can move his truck to the side of the road. And I'm, I don't know what to say. And then you go to the grocery store and they're putting all this stuff together and, and they tell you how much it is. And now you're, 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 you, your money's got so many zeros on it. When a pack of gum costs 800 pesos, you're like, 800? You just can't get over the number 800. And so they're telling you the number. It's, okay, that's going to be 25,375 pesos. And you're like, very difficult. When someone would call you on the phone, Lynn and I would look at each other and say, your turn. You don't want to answer the phone something so easy and so basic because what do you do? You answer the phone. Hello. Okay. But after that, then what do you do? We we could say hello. How many remember years ago when they used to do the crank phone calls and they'd call you up and you say, hello, is your refrigerator running? Yeah. You better go catch it. Okay. Well, guess what? They have those kind of sayings and jokes and pranks in Spanish as well. 
they'll call you up and they'll say, se lava ropa ahí. Do you wash clothes there? And you're thinking, that, okay, they're thinking this is a laundromat or something. No. It's, Ay, cochino. They say, oh, you're a pig. <laughs> you're dirty. You don't, and you don't, you're like, oh. You, you just don't know. Uh, we hadn't been in Colombia very long, and my wife got sick, and we had to take uh, to to do something to. Uh, I don't want to go into all the details. Anyway, we had to go to the Red Cross, and we've got a sample there. And as we're there at the Red Cross, they're they're okay. Well, what is it? And we're like, uh, I'm looking at the veteran missionary. Well, what is it? And he's looking at me. And he's like, I don't know that word. What is that word? Words that you don't use normally and your vocabulary, you've got to increase your vocabulary and you're caught in those situations all the time. What, what would I say? What, what is the word? And we finally figured it out and we were able to uh, help uh, her understand what we what we needed. But there's so many things when it comes uh, uh, to the language and, you know, the, the culture, uh, the language and the culture go together. This is a, an illustration that I like to use. How many remember years ago, the old black and white Little Rascals? All right. Little Rascals. And do you remember Alfalfa? Okay. Now, Alfalfa, if you were there at the, your house and your, your buddies come and they knock on the door and they say, Hey, Johnny, come on out. We're going to, over to, 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 to Billy's house to play football. And you're okay. And you come running out. And when you get out of the house and they start laughing at you and they're laughing, Ah, look at Johnny. Here comes Alfalfa. What's wrong? He's got hair sticking up. Now, you did not go to school one day in third grade, and your third grade teacher sat you down and said, boys and girls, listen, I'm getting ready to give you a life lesson. If you're ever called alfalfa, that means that you have hair sticking up. No, we learned that because it's just part of our culture. So when a missionary goes to the mission field, the language and the culture go together. It's got to learn both of them. To be able to work with the people that God's called him to. And if we get to know the missionaries, where they're at, the language that they, they have to speak there in that country, we will be more effective in our praying for them. So there's the language uh, that the missionaries have to, uh, to learn and uh, so many things that uh, the missionary uh, deals with. And here in America, you know, we speak different. Uh, I'm in Arkansas now and I find myself picking up some of the Arkansas accent. Uh, I didn't used to speak that way. I never said right, right, right. I always said right. But in Arkansas, we say right. That's right. That's right. How many ever, uh, I, I, I'm fixing, I'm fixing to go, what happened to the G? I'm fixing, you're fixing, or fixing. Now, when a missionary is learning another language, you need every letter. Amen? You're, when they don't pronounce that, uh, that, that, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I told uh, at, at lunch today, we had a woman that was from the coast, uh, Costeña, from the coast in Colombia. They don't pronounce the S. And, and so she, she said, Pastor, Pastor, me gusta pecado. And, and so she's saying, Pastor, I like fish, 
But since she didn't pronounce the S, it says, I like sin. Because pescado is fish and pecado is sin. Big difference. Buying clothes. Go to Colombia. Their shoe sizes are totally different. I walk in there and say, okay, what size? Twelve. No, I think it's like a 42. <laughs> I'm thinking 42. What size foot do you think I have? There's so many things that are different. Uh, there is a missionary. He goes uh, to the field and learning a language, but the wife has to learn the language. The kids have to learn the language. So, church, just just think for a little bit here about how a missionary can become more than just another missionary on the wall. Let's make an effort to pray for the, 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 the husband and the wife and the children as well. All the things that they deal with and that they'll go through. Frontline soldiers that are loving the Lord, that are representing Temple Baptist Church there on, on the mission field. If we would just pray that God would help them, God would give them grace, God would encourage them, God would strengthen them. And when the temptation comes to be discouraged, that God would encourage them. Many more would stay on the field if we just be in prayer for the missionaries, understanding that missionaries need to be more than just an envelope, more than just another missionary on the wall. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this evening? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just another missionary on the wall. I believe that we all could pray better for our missionaries, get to know them better. Try to just give a few things this evening that will help us understand how missionaries live their lives and things that they have to deal with on a, on a regular basis and that we would just be in prayer for the missionaries. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening, uh, Father, I just wanted to share a few things on my heart about missionaries and Things that they experience. And Father, there's no complaints uh, on part of the missionaries. They gladly do it, Father. But I pray that we as uh, churches, as Christians, that we would uh, get behind the missionaries and we pray for uh, the husband, the wife, and the children. Just encourage them, uh, Father, just to continue on for your honor, for your glory. Father, bless to that end. Thank you so much for your love and your goodness in Jesus' name. Pastor.